What's up guys, Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Travelers Championship, but what a week it was at Torrey Pines. John Rahm gets it done. I was there on Thursday taking in all the action. It was awesome. It was an incredibly busy week, and it was a successful one for members of the community. As I like to do, I like to give a couple of shout-outs each and every week. I, I get a lot of them, but there's a couple that, um, you know, with the with the messages along, I thought they were worth sharing. Um, Michael sent me an email. He sent it privately, so I'm not going to reveal his last name. Uh, he placed highly in both in both Millie Makers for $12,700. Congratulations, Michael. He had mentioned uh, he was skeptical at first paying for a subscription site, a data site like rickrungood.com, but after two weeks, this was the result. Certainly cannot guarantee those results. Uh, I My whole goal, guys, is to provide data and research for you to make more informed decisions. That's it. And for a lot of people, it works. Um, I don't sell lineups. I don't give out picks. I don't do anything like that. I let the data do the talking and hopefully it helps you with your process. And then I got another great message from Jeff who won $20,000 with a five of six lineup, which is awesome. He said he, he subscribed at the start of the year and has quote, seen nothing but success since he described the Holy Grail and the model as uh, the best tools in the industry. It is stuff like this, guys, that gets me absolutely jacked up. It keeps me going week to week. It's it's why I uh, love hopping on here on a Monday and a Tuesday and doing as much research as possible for messages like this. So congrats to those guys. Congrats to everybody. I know there were a bunch of winners, a bunch of ROM tickets, a bunch of everything out there this week. If you want to win a subscription to rickrungood.com. You could you could just sign up. I, I highly encourage you to do that. Or you can enter to win a subscription like Jamie and GSR Noodles did. I've gotten in touch with both of you for your subscriptions to rickrungood.com. If you would want to enter a draw, there are two ways to do it. On YouTube, make sure you are subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Hit the like button and comment below with who is going to win this week's Travelers Championship on iTunes, the podcast version of this show, which is linked in the description. Go ahead, leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and leave me your Twitter handle. That's what it'll take to get you into a draw for a subscription to rickrungood.com. As many of you know, the week after a major championship, I try to... uh, Reel it back a little bit. The uh, you know major championships are very grueling with with the live coverage, and I traveled last week, and there's just so much going on. So there will not be dedicated sleepers and fades videos this week. There will still be the Monday DFS preview. Tuesday is bets and one and done. Wednesday two different live chats. That is 3 p.m. Eastern time for your Travelers Championship live chat. Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Same place for the Jock Market Power Hour. That is all things stock market DFS and the jock market. That's 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. So two live chats on Wednesday. That's where we can cover sleepers and fades. And then if that wasn't enough, very successful cut sweat show last week at the U.S. Open. I want to do it every single week. My goal is to do it every single week of the year. That, That period on Friday when you are trying to determine who is going to make the cut, who is not, Who's going to sync your lineups? Who's going to save them? Who is how, how many six of six lineups are there going to be? It's critical, and it's maybe one of the most fun moments of the sweat over the course of the week. So we did it last week. You can go back and watch the replay if you want. Uh, a data-driven approach to this. So the goal is to keep you up to date on what the cut line is or will be. 
which golfers you should and should not be rooting for, especially ones that are custom to you. I had Nelson Adcock on from uh, Cut Sweats. His website's uh, unbelievable help, uh, unbelievably helpful in um, in figuring all this out. So I don't know if Nelson's going to join me every week. It's an open offer to Nelson, uh, but but otherwise there will be a cut a cut show seemingly every single week. For now, it is scheduled for Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the coverage ends around 6 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to try to go, or I'm going to try to go that last hour or so, uh, and we'll see. It's a very fluid situation. If the cut is, I'm trying to catch it and time it right so that the cut is being determined during the show. So uh, that is a fluid time. What you want to do is you want to go to the room, you want to hit the notification bell so that you are alerted when that does indeed go live. Okay. I said, I said I was gearing back on uh, reeling back content this week. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm doing more. Otherwise, let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into this week's DFS preview. Here it is, TPC River Highlands Travelers Championship. Uh, this, this event is always highly rated by spectators, players. The fact that they were able to get five of the top 10 players in the world the week after a major championship flying across the country is a testament to that. TPC River Highlands, it's very unique, very different course on the PGA Tour. First of all, it's a par 70. It's a Pete Dye design and listed about 6,800 yards on the scorecard. It is not necessarily a bomber's paradise. Does driving distance help? Of course, it helps everywhere, but it is not a prerequisite for success this week, there is a lot of water lurking in some areas. There is also uh, usually a lot of scoring opportunities. We've seen Jim Furyk uh, shoot a 58 here. We have seen Patrick Cantlay as an amateur shoot a 60. Mackenzie Hughes in the opening rounds last year shot a 60. And then there was one other, oh, DJ, I believe, shot a 61 en route to his his title last year in 2020. So it is, um, we're not, we don't usually see 25 under par win this golf tournament, but we usually see single round, very low scores because it turns into a lot of times a wedge fest. Uh, so the ability to hit your wedges to roll your putts in uh, that is going to be incredibly valuable this week and of course because it's in the northeast we've got bent grass but it is a little bit of a bent grass poana mix so that's the stats that you are going to see down below if you are looking for specialists on that type of surface and then of course the correlated key stats model pretty great for this week we've been at tpc river highlands for a long time so the the, the one stat that kind of stands alone as the most important stat is strokes gained off the tee. Uh, obviously, that is a combination of distance, it is a combination of accuracy, the ability to play out of the fairway to avoid the the um, you know the the lurking big numbers. There are holes where water comes into play off the tee. The ability to drive the ball well. I mean, Bubba Watson certainly helps this number significantly with his three victories. But there are only nine other courses on the PGA Tour in which strokes gained off the tee is more important. Strokes gained approach is number two, but it's about a middle of the road. Uh, stat. It is 24th out of 50. Uh, strokes gained off the tee, 10th out of 50. So who are the golfers that match this? Well, the last 24 rounds, that's kind of been my go-to, and you can just kind of see the best players off the tee. No surprise to see Bryson DeChambeau here. No surprise to see DJ and Brooks and Cantlay. Scotty Scheffler has actually been really good as well. He's only 9,600. Bubba Watson has been great. This is a place he's obviously won three times. I find Abraham Answer incredibly interesting because he does it in a way that is not based on distance. It means he is just pounding fairways and playing out of the short grass. Now he goes to a course that will certainly um, 
not put him behind the eight ball with his lack of distance. As we start scrolling down a little bit, Keegan Bradley, Jason Day, they've both been very good off the tee. Matt Jones, Keith Mitchell, no real surprises here. Just kind of pointing out some of the cheaper guys. Tom Lewis, those are your those are kind of your off the tee guys in the last twenty four rounds in the in the metric that would seemingly be the most important this week around TPC River Highlands. So, without further ado, let's bop on over to the cheat sheet. All right, here we go. Five golfers over $10,000. Our defending champion, Dustin Johnson, leads the way at 11400 Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantlay, and then Patrick Reed right behind. We can talk about DJ. Let's pull up his numbers from last week, see if we can kind of decipher what's going on here. He's no longer the number one player in the world. Uh, John Rahm with that distinction, Dustin Johnson could technically get it right back from him this week. Again, I did load in the data from the USGA. So I do have the strokes gain data from the US Open. The good news is we're seeing DJ break out of this little mini slump. After the Masters, he was not very good with the driver, or at least not up to his very lofty standards. We are seeing him break out of that. Now five consecutive events. He's gained strokes with the driver. Now in three out of his last four, he has gained strokes on approach. He has gained strokes on the putting surfaces in his last three. This to me looks like a guy who is starting to lay the blueprint of getting back into form. And of course, for Dustin Johnson, he's really only graded on on wins at this point. And he's won this event before. I, I think I'm just trending more towards DJ. You know, I I wanted to make my New Year's resolution this year to play more Dustin Johnson in in DFS purposes. Um that has not gone great. Let's let's be real. The 2021 season for DJ hasn't been awesome, but it it really it really feels like the metrics are starting to turn in his direction. I I I might be more appealing I don't know if this is true. It might be more appealing for DJ over Bryson. I don't know if that is actually true or not. Bryson has played here uh, a bunch the last three years. He has carded top tens. The 26 that he took, uh, the T26 last week at the U.S. Open, uh, was much, much better than that result is going to indicate, right? The guy had a solo lead heading into the back nine at the U.S. Open before he plays just a gauntlet of holes at eight over par. The result was much better. I, I do want to look at his numbers from last week because I think this is going to be a very, very clear uh, strategy for Bryson this week. Let's see. Wow, this is pretty good. This is pretty good for Bryson. If you are gaining this many strokes off the tee, which he's doing in essentially every single event, we know that. Uh, the the approach game, he's, he's ironed out. He was great at the U.S. Open. He lost eight strokes around the green. Wow. A lot of that was during that you know four or five hole stretch but he gained 5.3 putting. Is Bryson just going to win this thing again? Like I, I think Bryson's the clear favorite to win Rocket Mortgage uh, in two weeks, but he, here we go. He gets to play an event where off the tee matters. He's got three top tens in a row. The only concern I would have, so if we go to Bryson's player profile here, and you can do this for any golfer, and you go down to their approach stats and you start looking you know, you start doing these approaches from inside 100 yards, approaches from 75 to 100, 100 to 125. Um, some of these are from the rough. Let me add in these. You know, he's not great. <laughs> approaches from 100 to 125. He's 68th inside 100 yards. Um, that is actually his in the rough number. Like he, he's just not. He's not particularly great in in some of these in some of these proximities. Um, let me see if I can add some more so we can just get an idea for this. 
I mean, 125 to 150, he's better. He's 23rd. 150, 175, he's 49th. I just, I just wonder if he's going to be in that awkward area where he's just kind of hitting these half wedges every single time. But the, the rest of the metrics are, are very, very strong. I'll be very interested to see what the community does with Bryson because it was a very ugly finish. And I don't think he played all that poorly. I'll be very interested to see what they do. Brooks Kepka to me, very fairly priced. He hasn't played a whole lot at this event. He's got a decent success. He's got a top 10 in 2016. He's made the cut in his two trips since then, but nothing too spectacular. Uh, Brooks, <laughs> let's look at his numbers from last week. Let's just let's just pull it up. Again, this is very encouraging. I mean, gained strokes in every single category last week. Was great off the tee. Was great on approach. Putted well. Was a zero around the green. It's a great formula for Brooks Kepka. I've now we've got a cut where he's really starting to show, and, and and you have to decide: does he really just not want to be at regular events? I don't know the answer to that. He won Phoenix. Wanted to be there, maybe because he chipped in. The thing just kind of um, you know came back to him, but. These are really great metrics for him. The other guy is is Patrick Cantlay, who I have to, I feel like I have to tread lightly with Patrick Cantlay because I was so vocal uh, on him before his his missed cut at um, the Players Championship, but he's been he's been phenomenal. The mini slump appears to be over. This stretch of golf where he lost strokes putting seven consecutive events is over. He's putted great in his last two starts. It's resulted in a win at the Memorial and a fifteenth place finish at Torrey Pines. This is the version of Patrick Cantlay I want to be seeing. A guy who is prolifically gaining from tee to green and rolling the rock. I mean, this is seemingly a great spot for him. He's only 10,400. He has played here uh, each of the last three years. He's finished inside the top 15 in all of them. If you go back even further, I think it was 2011. He played here as an amateur, shot a 60 in, I think the second round. Still, the lowest round ever recorded by an amateur on the PGA Tour. I just don't know how I'm going to avoid Patrick Cantlay this week. He can certainly burn me. He's made a habit of that. Uh, but this is this is really trending to be get as many of these studs in your lineups, get as much exposure as you can to these guys, and figure out the rest of it. A, a stars and scrubs approach feels uh, feels imminent. And then the last guy in the 10K range is Patrick Reed, ten thousand dollars flat. I'm generally much more bullish on Patrick Reed than than most, but this feels a bit stiff, feels a bit strong to me. Uh, he's he's played okay recently, you know, tenth at the Memorial, top twenty at the U.S. Open. His history around TPC River Highlands is okay. A couple of top twenties. His fifth place finish in 2017 was the best. He's missed the cut three times in the last uh, what would that be seven years. So this isn't this isn't sparkling. It's not Paul Casey's history, which Paul Casey's done everything but win this golf tournament. I I just I'm surprised to see Patrick Reed as the guy that is ten thousand dollars and maybe not Paul Casey or someone else because Paul Casey has four top five finishes in his last six years. His worst finish in that stretch is a T thirty two. Uh, that to me would have been a much easier case to be to be made, especially when he's coming off a top 10 at the U.S. Open, played well at the PGA Championship. It, it would have been much easier for Patrick or for Paul Casey to be that guy. So it's going to be tough for me to probably get to Patrick Reed. 
Before we go any further, I, I do want to, um, you know, I, I haven't done this in a while where we just took everybody in the field. We said since the start of X date, which usually I do 2021, we can move this up a little bit and just kind of look at the best players for everybody in this field. Uh, Guido Migliosi is number one, but of course, only the four rounds on him. Patrick Cantlay's number two, 1.79 strokes gained per round. Paul Casey's number three. Brooks Kepka's number four. I mean, this is shaping up to be uh, me playing a lot of Paul Casey. I'm trying to see if anybody stands out here. There are a couple of guys that I see further down the board. Charlie Hoffman, Brian Harmon. Let's make this, let's make this a little bit tighter. Let's say since the Masters. Ooh, now we're getting, now we're getting a little freaky. Let's say since the Masters. Okay. Abraham answer number one with a sample size. Look at this two strokes gains per round. He's 9,100. We're now in that $9,000 range His miscut at the U S open uh, was the first time that he's lost strokes off the tee in a while. Uh, also lost strokes on the putting surfaces. It was just an all around bad event. The good news is he gained strokes on approach. Uh, Abraham answer. Let me see if I have this handy. I write down sometimes as I'm doing early research names that I just want to th- keep in mind for, the rest of the week. Where are my names for this week? Oh, here we go. Uh, okay, so these these are kind of on brand names for me. So Answer was one of them. Cantlay, Poulter, Keegan, Harmon, and Doc Redman. Those are the guys I wanted to look into. Okay, so so we've gotten to Abraham Answer. 23 rounds. He's been absolutely phenomenal since the, uh, since the Masters. This is, of course, one of the few courses on the PGA Tour that is not going to be a detriment to him because of how long it is. He is great off the tee and he also, and, and that's one of the most important stats that we have at TPC River Highlands. He's only $9,100. When we go back to the cheat sheet, you know, to see that price, it's very appealing. It's very easy to get him in to a lot of lineups at $9,100. Uh, should he be less expensive than Kevin Streelman? Almost certainly not. Streelman's been great. He finished runner up here to DJ last year. Abraham answer should almost certainly be more expensive than that. So so I imagine answer is going to end up being popular. We'll touch on that as the week goes on. But this is a really, really intriguing price that's going to make it hard to avoid answer. And I know the concerns he hasn't won on the PGA Tour. He hasn't won anywhere, right? He doesn't, he's the only, I think he's the highest ranked guy in the world rankings without a win either here or in Europe. He just, he just hasn't, he just hasn't won. So, um, yeah, answer is going to be a guy that has my my full attention in the 9K range. I'm not as excited about the rest of this 9K range. I think Scotty Scheffler, kind of interesting. We've seen his ability to go very, very low at times. He, he's played well coming into this event. He's missed the cut in his only trip. That was last year. Willing to forgive that, no problem. So I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, and then Joaquin Neiman, who is someone I was, I was, I was pretty far off last week. I don't think people realize uh, kind of how sneaky long he is off the tee outside of um, you know, really long courses that require you to uh, lean on your short game. If you're tapping into Joaquin Neiman's short game this week, you are probably in big trouble anyway. So probably, uh, I'm, I'm, su- I'm assuming he's going to be back into my player pool uh, this time around. The 8K range. Of course, we've got three-time winner Bubba Watson. If he wins uh, this week, he will uh, become the second man to win this tournament four times the most ever. Uh, but I'm I, Brian Harmon. Again, that's one of the names I wrote down, right? Brian Harmon is 8,800. And I think we need to do a little bit of a deeper dive on Harmon because he is continuing to prove, uh, I suppose, me wrong on some of these longer courses. You know, Torrey Pond should not have been that great of a fit for him. He finishes 20th. He's got uh, now, wow, look at these results. So if you go back to 
the players finish third. I mean, he hasn't finished worse than 19th in since the players championship. That was three months ago. This is impressive stuff. He missed the cut at Kiowa Island, which is a place he absolutely should have missed the cut. He probably should have missed the cut at Torrey too. Played well there. Now he gets to go to a place that kind of rewards his strengths, right? Which is the ability to be accurate off the tee, not required to be long. And then when you get a wedge in your hand, watch out. Then he's got that huge putter face that he that he rolls the rock so beautifully with. So, you know, you start to look at uh, some of the key stats here for uh, Mr. Harmon. He's one of the best putters that we have, 17th on tour, which, uh, again, this this is going to turn into like a little bit of a wedge putting contest. That's what this is going to turn into. So you get the guy who is uh, 17th on tour in, in strokes gained putting, 29th around the green. Approach, he's a little bit weak, 100th. But I bet you, and I have not done this, so I might be wrong here, but I bet you if we go to like... Yeah, approaches from 75th to 100, he's 44th. So he's better than he is uh on those of uh, uh, than he is overall on on kind of these shorter shots. Let's do approaches from 100 to 125. He's 126th there. What about 125 to 150? 103rd. Yeah, this is where he starts to get weaker. The closer to the hole is much better. Interesting. Okay. Um, but still great, great putter. Someone who's playing well uh, at 80, what is he? 8,900, 8,800. Excuse me. Again, he's got my attention. He had my attention early in the week as well. Let's go back to the Holy grail here and look at, let's get rid of Brian Harmon. Let's go back to our golfers from the masters on. So this is everybody in the field from the masters. I'm going to try to find the $8,000 guys here. The first one to appear, Brian Harmon. Second one, Harris English. We are starting to see flashes of Harris English turn back into the golfer that he was in 2020. That version of Harris English was gaining strokes across the board. And he was a top 10 strokes game player that we have. Uh, Really rough stretch after he won the Tournament of Champions, but now a 13th place finish at Byron Nelson, a 14th at Palmetto, a third at the U.S. Open. He almost pulled off the post a number and let everybody fall out behind you trick. Uh, he's played really well. $8,200 is seeming like a really good price for a guy who, if he turns back into 2020 Harris English, he's a top 10 player. That that's what we're trying to get to. We're trying to catch English before he turns back into that, and the pricing uh, really starts to go nuts. After that, Charlie Hoffman. We talk about him quite a bit, especially in the in terms of ball striking. Um, he's been excellent. And then Adam Scott would be the fourth best player in this field in the eight thousand dollar range since the Masters. I believe that is all the caveats that I can make on Adam Scott. And if we turn this into just strokes gained tee to green and sort by that. I want to see if we get any other names in the 8K range. Siwoo. Siwoo would be the other because he loses on putting significantly. Although, you want to do uh, Siwoo. If you do Pete Dye courses, I'm pretty sure Siwoo's got to be one of the top players here. So let's do, since the start of 2015, Architect is Pete Dye. And Strokes Gain Total. Here he is. 62 rounds. Fifth best player in this field, Adam Scott, or excuse me, Patrick Cantlay is one, Adam Scott two, Bryson, Dustin, Siwoo. The $7,000 range. Garrick Higo back in the field. Now, missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but coming off the win at the Palmetto Championship. I think we're going to really start to learn 
who he is starting this week. Uh, it was no surprise to see him miss the cut after his first win in his second start. It's almost impossible to do. It, there was no chance he was going to play well last week. This is where I think we start to learn what type of player Garrett Higo is. So if you want to try to be early, 7,900 feels like a really good price. Keegan Bradley, another one of these guys that I circled early because we've been tracking Keegan for quite some time and we've been seeing, seeing gains with the putter until, let me pull this up here. Let's get Pete Dye out of here. Yeah, the Memorial, he actually putted well. He just lost five strokes around the greens, which is his, this might be his worst around the green week ever. It was. Oh my gosh. Is Keegan going to win this event? So Keegan continues to putt well. This is an unbelievable stretch. One, two, three, four, five, six of his last eight measured events, he has gained strokes putting. Not a lot, but compare that to what he did previously, the last 20, 25 starts, absolutely horrific. Has the worst around the green week of his career in two days. Keegan, I can't believe I'm going to say it. Keegan's going to win this golf tournament. Or, he's, or look, at, and look at this. Then you get him in New England, finished runner up here in 2019. He finished eighth in 17. Is Keegan Bradley really going to win this golf tournament? Kind of feels like it's a good value at 7,900. I have to check to see what his, out, um, what his outright number is is a couple other guys. So I had Doc Redman uh, circled before the event. Now, I, I, I talk about Doc Redman a lot, but again, we've been tracking this. What is he starting to do? He's starting to lay it all out. Fix the driver, right? He's starting to fix the driver. Looking great on approach like he did at the end of 2020. He has now gained strokes putting in five straight. That was an issue earlier this year. Coming off of one of those, I think there was an eight-way tie for T2 at Palmetto. Doc Redman was one of them. Finished ninth at the Byron Nelson. Finished 11th here last year. This, this, this is starting to feel like Doc's trending in the right direction as well. Let's go back to the Holy Grail, see if we can find these, some of these golfers uh, that I am not as um, intimately invested in uh, by the numbers here. So let's go to, again, since the Masters, which again, I like that. That's pretty cool. Guido, number one, 7,200, but again, very small sample size. Sam Burns, oh boy, 7,700. Maybe he just can't play major championships because outside of major championships, he's been pretty Awesome. Missed the cut at the PGA, missed the cut at the U.S. Open, has a win, a runner-up finish since the Masters. Keegan's in here, no surprise. Emiliano Grillo, 7,300. What has he been up to? This is a little bit concerning for me. Four straight, he's lost strokes off the tee. That's not what you want from one of the worst short game players that we have and one of the best ball strikers that we have. So that would be a little bit concerning, but now it's been a couple of weeks since we last saw him. Maybe he was able to iron that out. And then Ricky Fowler. I'm not a huge Ricky Fowler fan, but we are starting to see some results. And when I say I'm not a huge fan, I'm a huge fan of him. I don't roster him a lot. That's what I mean. We are starting to see for the first time, it's a very small sample size, two events, eighth at the PGA, 11th at the Memorial, the best two, two event stretch in maybe the last 18 months. I understand that is a small, small sample, but that's what we're talking about now. Maybe he is starting to turn it around. He found the putter. Great sign. Starting to hit the irons better. Great sign. Ricky, pretty good price at 70. What did I say? 73. Wow. Pretty good. I don't mind that one single bit. The 6K range is pretty hairy. Keith Mitchell is at least very good off the tee. That is one of the metrics that we know is important or highly correlated to success at TPC River Highlands. 
Um, David Lipsky, who the last time we saw him was at the Palmetto Championship. Again, get used to this name. He has graduated. He will graduate from the Corn Ferry, and he will make his. He will have his full card next year. Had a top ten at the Palmetto Championship. He's sixty nine hundred dollars. I think that Troy Merritt at sixty eight, coming off of you know two seventh place finishes in his last four starts, three top eights in his last six. This is a course that doesn't punish him for being short off the tee. And he did make the cut in both the PG, uh, excuse me, both the U.S. Open and the Memorial. I think that would kind of be interesting. A little bit further down the board, Satoshi Kodaira, $6,500, three consecutive top 20s. I think it's time we look into Kodaira here. I played him, I want to say at Palmetto. Um, I've played him somewhat recently. Let me clear this out and get his get his stuff in here and see how he ranks for the season. It's probably going to be pretty ugly. Oh, very, very accurate off the tee. That's nice. 12th in driving accuracy. Where's his distance? 186. Okay, this would not be that detrimental to him. Strokes gained approach, 84th. He gained strokes there. Strokes gained off the tee, 87th. He gains a little bit there. Gains a little bit in strokes gained putting. This is not all that horrible. Look at his ownership. 5% at Palmetto. I think that's where I played him. 1.1% the week before. I mean, we're talking like 0 to 5% max on Satoshi Kodaira. Three consecutive top 20s. Let's just just check his holy grail and make sure this isn't completely delusional. uh, Because he's 60... What did I say he was? $6,500. So let's find Kodaira here. Where are you? Here he is. Yeah, this is pretty darn good. He's gained strokes off the tee in six straight, gained strokes on approach in four of his last five, gained strokes putting in a lot of them in three straight, tee to green in five straight. This is not bad. It's not this stretch at the end of 2020 where he was hemorrhaging strokes across the board. $6,500. I don't think I'm that worried about it. That's not so bad. Let's see if I can find anybody else down here. John Pock now is second. Second professional start, missed the cut to Palmetto Championship in his first. I imagine he's just going to continue to get um, more and more comfortable with the way that the PGA Tour runs and everything like that. Vincent Whaley finally burned everybody and missed the cut at the Palmetto Championship. Let's look at that because I want to see if it's maybe worth going back to here. Lost five strokes on approach. Pretty poor. He had been a lot better for the last couple of months in that category. That's really all that went wrong. I know losing five is a, uh, on approach is a lot to go wrong in two rounds, but that's the only thing that went wrong. <laughs> this sucker's this sucker's going to reel me back in at $6,400. Trying to see what else might be down here. I think that's about it. Kadira, Whaley, those are the ones I'm, I'm, I'm feeling more comfortable about going that low. Might, might allow me to do a little stars and scrubsy type stuff. Interesting. Okay, cool. Let's build a model. Let's uh, let's go to the lineup builder. All right. So I'm hoping at some point this week to push an update to this lineup builder. More stats, a couple more features. We've been testing it in the Slack channel. So if you're in the Slack channel, you've already seen it. I'm hoping to push that live this week. That's my goal. Fingers crossed. Uh, in the meantime, Let's roll with this version. So I've got, uh, again, I've been sticking with this 24 rounds. I think it is, I like it. I just like it. Okay, 24 rounds. And what do we know? Off the tee is important. The most important stat. Let's call it 25. Uh, Strokes gain approaches next. Let's call it 18. I 
I want to give a little bit of nod to distance and a little bit more to accuracy. So let's say 10 on distance, 15 on accuracy. I think it's going to turn into a little bit of a putting contest. So let me go 15 on putting. I'm doing nothing around the green. If you're leaning into that this week, you're probably in trouble. And then I'm going to go my final 17 weights on birdie or better percentage. Again, I think you got to be able to make birdies. Let's see who comes up. Oh boy. Two weeks in a row, Abraham answer. Am I just making the same? Like, am I just putting the same model out there every single week or is answer that good? I mean, he's been great off the tee. He's been great from tee to green. He's been great putting. He's been great on approach. He's very accurate. Doesn't hit it that far, but I don't really care. Uh, man, answer number one. Scotty Scheffler, number two. Brooks Kepka number three. Paul Casey, four. So again, that to me kind of validates a little bit of what I was thinking in terms of why Patrick Reed is so highly rated or so so highly priced around here when maybe that should have been Paul Casey. So I'm going to keep an eye on Casey. Keegan Bradley is my fifth-ranked golfer. Not much of a surprise there. Lipsky, again, small sample size, is next. Higo, small sample size, is next. And look at this, Hoffman and Kadira. Maybe this is a bit of an echo chamber for me because I... I run the model to see what stats are important. Then I look at the cheat sheet and I look at everything else and I find guys that match that. And then I take that and I put it into the, into the lineup builder and I say spit out guys and it spits out the same guys. So maybe this is a little bit of an echo chamber for me and I shouldn't be surprised when these guys pop up. But Kadira, 6,500, I, I think the lineup builder at least allows me to compare it to the rest of the guys in the field. Like I might think that, oh, it's 6,500, that's pretty good. He's been doing X, Y, and Z really well, but... Then you start assigning weights to it and the lineup builder does the, does the rest. So to even see him this high is surprising. It's very interesting. DJ, Kevin Streelman, Sam Burns, Emiliano Grillo, Joaquin Neiman kind of round out my top 12 or 15 there. So uh, my homework, I think, is to decide on answer, decide on some of these small sample size guys, Lipsky, Higo. Got to figure that out. Am I willing to roll with Kadira as probably my last guy in? Um, that's that's my homework. That's my homework for this week, and we will see how it goes. All right, that'll do it. Your DFS preview for this week's Travelers Championship. Again, just to remind you, the schedule for the week, Wednesday, bets in one and done. Two live chat, excuse me, I'm going to start over. Tuesday, bets in one and done. Wednesday, two live chats, 3 p.m. Eastern and 8.15 p.m. Eastern. A cut sweat show that is currently scheduled at 5 p.m. Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern Friday. That might be a little bit fluid depending on how the cut is shaking out, so stay tuned for that. Let me know what you think. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.